You're listening to the Chosen Creative Podcast. This podcast will dive into what it's like to be an artist in a world that is lacking in connection and authenticity. Listen along while we share struggles, discuss insider tips, and provide you with encouragement on your chosen creative journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chosen Creative Podcast. I'm your host Marley and I am so excited that you are here. Uh, Today we are going to talk about side hustles. Okay, I know the word hustle gets some hate these days and I like totally understand that, totally get it Um, because quote unquote hustle culture um, is usually pretty unhealthy and unsustainable and it's very popular these days. Um, like I envision when someone says hustle culture, I envision like someone working 60 to 80 hour weeks, like bringing their work home, not resting, just like, you know, not pouring into their, their social, emotional or spiritual health, just work, 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 go, go, go. And the mentality, I'll enjoy life later. Like when I've reached my financial goals, my career goals that I've placed for myself and, um, like, don't get me wrong. Hard work is a good thing, but along with hard work and hustle, there needs to be balance. Um, I mean, that's kind of a rule for everything in life, Um, everything in moderation um, and everything with balance. Like there needs to be, with hard work and with hustle, there needs to be leisure and rest and time with your loved ones um, while not working. I like to say that good rest helps create good work. So now that I've gotten past like the trigger word of hustle, uh, let me get into what what I kind of mean. So these side hustles that I'll be talking about are to be used to your advantage, just to set aside whatever works for you, um, whatever timeline works for you, whether that be two to five to 10 days a month to set aside and to do some of these tasks to ease your financial burdens so you can focus on the time and energy that you want into your art, what really matters for you as far as your career goals. Um, Because let's be honest, um, you need to make money (laughs) Um, in the world we live in. You need to pay bills. You need to pay rent. You need to pay for gas, phone bills. You need to eat. So sadly, we can't just live, you know, in a field, in a cottage, and live off the lay. I mean, some people be doing this, so like, hit me up if you know how to do this. But um, and just work on our art and not worry about anything. Sadly, that's just not reality. So, like, if you're a freelancer, when gigs are few and far between, you can utilize some of these side jobs I'm going to talk about to help pay your bills, to help with your gas money or whatever. Um, I use these jobs to have the freedom to not have a regular full-time job. I use these side gigs or side hustles. So I have the ability to just be like, all right, I'm leaving for a week to go take a gig um, a couple hours away because you usually don't have that flexibility with a normal full-time nine-to-five job. But if I work multiple side gigs, then I have flexibility to do the work that I really want to be doing. So that's the end of my kind of intro spiel kind of thing. And that's what I mean by 
some side hustles to try while pursuing your dreams. So all of these side hustles that I talk about today are things that I have done. I have experience with them. So I'm going to kind of talk about how they work and then my personal experience with them. So um, yeah, let's just get into it. So number one, we have food delivery services like DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Postmates. Um, I think there's some other ones like Grubhub. That's all I can think of at the top of my head right now. But I personally have worked uh, with DoorDash the most. So that's the one I'll be talking about primarily. But depending on whatever city you live in, a different one might be more popular. Um, if you live in a bigger city or smaller city, it may depend on that. So, you know, just do some research. Uh, what is like more frequent in your area and just go from there. So this is my experience with DoorDash. You can get approved all online. So that's really awesome. You submit like your driver's license, obviously, because you have to drive a vehicle, um, like proof of insurance. You think you go through a background check and then um, like they'll send you, once you pass all that, they'll send you like a warming bag for the food and then basically you're ready to go. For me, that process took a while. Honestly, I had to like contact support multiple times to finally get approved. Oh, they also send you like a kind of like a debit card type thing to pay for some of the food if it's not already been paid for by the um, by the customer. But um, it's few and far between. So basically, um, you can schedule times to um, go out and dash. So you can be like, okay, tomorrow from 11 to 3 o'clock, I'm going to DoorDash. So you have to like set that a day in advance. Um, but other times if it gets busy, DoorDash will like hit you up and like it'll like ping your phone and be like, Hey, your area is busy right now. You can dash right now. So you can just pick up and if you're free, just go DoorDash for a couple hours and you have control over which orders you want to accept. Um, whether it's the size of the order, the price, or like the distance, if it's too small of an order and you don't really feel like, you know, driving for a $5 order or if it's too far, you can deny that order. Um, they say it like affects your your order score or ranking or whatever, but honestly, I think you have the control over what you want to do. I wouldn't overthink that too, too much. Um, and the rest of it's, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. You pick up the food from the restaurant, you drop it off, um, you know, you'll get tipped, um, everything on the app. Most people just have you drop it off at their door. Like you don't even have to talk to anyone, which is really, really nice. Um, so yeah, you get it. I mean, you know how DoorDash works. I don't have to explain it, <laughs> but some pros to this, if you live in a city, you'll probably be super busy. Like I've watched YouTube videos of people who use DoorDash as their main source of income. Like they dash like six to eight hours every single day and they make a pretty hefty income off of it so um but if you are in a smaller town then there probably will be a lower frequency of orders and you'll probably be sitting in your car waiting for a while and um you know obviously that's kind of tough with gas money especially right now which gas prices are crazy high so that's definitely a con um, if you have free evenings and you don't mind staying up to like 1am to cater to like the night owls, then this job is perfect for you. I was always like not a huge fan of, of door dashing late at night. So I probably didn't make as much money as I potentially could have if I was more open to like dashing at night, but it just wasn't for me. So, um, 
yeah, that is DoorDash. Really good source of flexible income. The next side hustle we are going to talk about is substitute teaching. So this has been one of my favorite side hustles to do because it's in very high demand and extremely flexible. So this is great for freelancers who need to make some extra cash, but they need flexibility. Like they can't commit to anything more than a week in advance and um, they can only maybe do a day here or there. It just depends on, you know, what the gigs are looking like at that time. So for subbing, there's no like quota of days per month that you are required to sub. I've heard in some places, if you want to still stay on a sub list, you have to sub maybe seven days in the year, which I think is pretty doable. But besides that, you can deny or accept as many sub requests as you personally want to. And um, like for me, there were there were some months where I didn't have very many professional artistic gigs going on. So I know I worked like maybe two full weeks subbing at a school. And there are other times where I went a whole month and didn't sub at all because I had other stuff going on. Totally okay. You do not have to accept any. You just, whatever works for you. Um, which is also really nice because, you know, oftentimes freelancers can't really... Um, plan too far in advance because things come up like projects come up uh like a week before and you know you want to be able to drop everything and go travel for these projects or these gigs um so for subbing in my experience most requests come in a week before or like the week of like i've been you know i've been messaged even the day before asking if i can cover someone's class and for me i like that because you know i don't have to plan or um, agree to anything too far ahead. I can just look at what I have available the next week or the next week and a half and just accept whatever ones that I want to right there. Um, and like the reason why it's so, um, it's in such high demand right now is because teachers are facing like burnout and sickness like never before and they need people who they can trust to step into their classrooms for a day or so while they go to appointments they take sick days mental health days like whatever they need and like I literally have not gone a week since becoming a sub where I didn't get at least two sub requests and I only work at one school so I'm gonna talk a little bit about like my process and um, how some other schools are similar so you can apply to work your one school or you can apply you can be on a sub list for like a whole county it just depends on you know what you want to do um depending on what state you live in, there may be different qualifications. For me and my state, which is North Carolina, um, I decided to sub at a public charter middle slash high school. So it's a little different than uh, public schools, but all I needed, I needed a college degree, didn't have to be in education, mine's in theater, so that was fine. And then I just went to an interview uh, with the HR person and I passed a background check and then I was eligible to substitute. So I got on their sub list and then I had people emailing me like the next week seeing if I was available to sub for them. Um, and at my school, uncertified subs, so people who don't have a teaching certificate, get paid $100 a day and certified subs, so people who you know have some sort of teaching certificate, get paid $150 a day. So. I think it's a pretty good gig, um, especially, you know, if you if you do have some experience with teaching or being around kids or students in some kind of classroom management, 
I definitely think it's doable. Um, I always like suggest to have a couple of games or activities in your back pocket to do um, after like the students are done with their work for the day, just to like be a fun sub, like give them a a good like last 30 minutes of class to like end their day on a high note. Um, I've definitely enjoyed it. And um, I think it's a really, really good option for people who enjoy working with students um, to, um, you know, make a little extra money and do something fun while they're at it. So the next one I'm going to talk about uh, is very dependent on where you live if you'll be able to utilize this side hustle. Um, and this is extra gigs or background film work. So if you live in a big city and you want experience on a film or TV set, then this one is for you. Being a background actor is literally so much fun. Um, you can check places like um, Backstage and Actors Access for extra castings, but those do cost a fee, either a yearly fee or um, fees to submit for certain roles, we'll say. Um, but there are, you know, you can, what I do <laughs> is you can look on Facebook groups and there are extra casting agencies that make Facebook groups and they cast from there. Like there are literally casting agencies whose job is to find background actors for films, TV shows, and commercials. So I would just do some research, look them up, look what companies are in your area and, join their groups, follow their Facebook pages, then keep an eye on what they post. And when they post something like they're having a casting call for background actors for a concert scene and you fit the criteria, it might be an age, it might be, you know, a look. Um, and then you apply a lot of times it's via email where you'll just send a couple pictures and like your sizes, or some of them use like certain apps. Like there's one called every set and Castify that I've used before, um, where you basically set up a little profile with, you know, the same things that you would put in the email. And these roles get posted on there and you apply for them. And if you're a match, you know, you, um, yeah, you make it assigned and it's really fun. And I haven't, this is like, I started doing extra gigs about two years ago and I've probably done like five, um, as of right now. And um, so in a way it is similar to subbing because you don't get much of a notice just because like people working on these productions, like, you know, they've got so much to do that they're not gonna work on something that's like two, three weeks out because the schedule could change at the drop of a hat. So, um, you know, if they know what scene they're shooting in two days, they're gonna cast for that, you know? Um, so you don't have to know your schedule for the whole month. You basically, something will get posted and it'll be that week and you just apply for that. Um, so if you're available that week, great. If you're not, then don't apply for that one. Um, so it's good for you last minute planners out there for sure. Um, I recognize that it's different for different companies, but so far I've worked background, like I said, about, I think five shoots and the pay rate has been the same for each one. It has been $80 for eight hours plus time and a half for overtime. So, you know, every hour over eight hours, you got paid time and a half, which I'm pretty sure every single shoot I've been on has definitely gone over eight hours. Um, like when they have all of these people on set for extras, like they're usually doing some bigger scenes and it takes a very, very long time. Um, you can also get bumps for different things like 
getting a COVID test or having your car in the shot or going to a fitting. And you know, that can range from like $10 anywhere up to $50. So that all gets added into your added into your final paycheck, which can definitely add up after a few of those. Um, so I would say some of the biggest pros of being a film or TV extra is you get to be on set, which if you've never been on before and you're and you love, you know, film, it is definitely really cool. You get to meet lots of cool people, like all the other extras, um, which is really, really fun. And it's a pretty easy job. I mean, anyone can do it. Any, like, you know, everyone is supposed to look like a normal person. So like any type of person can do it, any age. And you basically just stand around all day and just go where they tell you to go and do what they tell you to do. And it's, it's pretty easy. I think anyone could basically do it if you're good at following directions. <laughs> um, and one of the biggest pros is the food. Oh my gosh. Like, I cannot express how much I love the food on like the sets that I've been on as a background actor. Ah, it's so good. There's like breakfast and then you like work for however many hours, like six or something. And they have uh, lunch. Oh my gosh. It's always just been so good. And they have like snacks too. Oh my gosh. Like that is probably one of my favorite things besides obviously getting paid is nice, but like the food makes it so worth it. I promise. <laughs> uh, I would say some of the cons is that they're usually very long days. Like I said, nearly like 10 hours, maybe 12. Um, and it's a, you know, you're, it's a high stress of like work environment. I mean, if you think about it, like these are really, really expensive films and TV shows with huge buds, huge budgets. So it's pretty high stakes for the people working. And these people have been working on these projects for like weeks and months and you're just there for one day. So you don't really get the whole like scope of what's going on and what kind of work they've been doing and how long they've been working. So most of the most people are like, you know, they're there to do their jobs and um, they don't really want anyone getting in the way, which makes total sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really see this as a con, but like you do need to be very professional, basically like, you know, obviously don't talk when you're not supposed to talk to like the production assistants, you know, don't talk to the stars or like directors or things like that. I mean, you just have to be professional and just listen and follow directions, uh, which I mean, that's kind of for any job. So I think some people just get really excited on set. Um, so you just have to remember like, this is a job and other people's jobs. So you just gotta be professional, which, um, yeah, but it's really, really fun all in all. I highly suggest it if you've never done it before, just for the experience, it's really cool. But also, um, you know, if you live in an area where uh, filming is prevalent, then this is a really good option to just get a, a little bit extra money. So, And the last things that you can do for some side hustle cash is go old school with it. Um, these two are kind of like clumped together because they're kind of similar. <laughs> you can always go back to the old school ways of babysitting and dog sitting. Uh, these days, people will pay good money for people that they trust to watch their kids and to watch their dogs. Um, for some people, their dogs are their kids, so sometimes they'll pay even more. But thankfully, we don't have to go old school with like going door to door and having your mom bring flyers to work to get 
clients for you. Um, you know, technology has advanced since then. You can use things like care.com for babysitting and nannying and um, Rover for dog sitting. You know, you just make a little profile and you get some like uh, recommendations and reviews and you put your resume on there. And if you get some good reviews like from clients, then you'll totally get some jobs from there. You like you get to choose your rate and I would definitely do some research on like the market area and see um, what most people get paid for that type of job. Like I know places where babysitters, you know, only get paid like $10 an hour, but I know there's also some places where they get paid like 15 to 20. So just do some research and see like what is normal. Obviously, if you're doing like overnights for dog sitting, definitely can like put that, um, you can take that into account when you're like making your rates. So um, yeah, there is nothing wrong with going old school just to like, you know, when you have some weekends off or some evenings off to just babysit or dog sit to make a little cash and like just set that aside and be like, this is my gas money. Like the money that I make from babysitting is what fills up my gas tank and that's all that I'm going to focus on like for that. So um, I like to um, like categorize <laughs> the things that I do. I'm like, oh, my sub money, it goes to my utility bills. And then my like this goes to my gas bill. For me, that's just how it helps my brain. I know that that does not work for everyone, but that's just what I do. So yeah, um, a throwback. Yeah, Babysitter's Club. You got this. So everyone, that is all I have for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review for the show or leave a comment on my Instagram and tell me what you liked and what you learned from the episode. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to be kept up to date with what's happening on the show, Follow me on Instagram at the Chosen Creative Pod. See you later. Hey everyone, I'm Marley's husband. I just wanted to give a quick shout out and thank everyone for giving this podcast a listen. <laughs> a listen. <laughs>